Welcome, everybody. It is Monday night. And this is in the batter's box. It is the NGSC Sports Weekly Baseball Show. I am your host, Ralph Garcia. Welcome aboard, everybody. Of course, remember, as always, first, the website. It is ngscsports.com, where you catch all of your current content. If you log on to the website right now, you will see John Doucette gives us UMass Lowell head coach Pat Duquette has earned his 100th win with the basketball program. John, a blowout win for number 100. Well, when you play a Division three school, it's supposed to be a blowout win, and that's what it was. Yeah. They've, uh, they've gotten off to a good start. However, that, that's a fun basketball team that I think uh, has a chance to do something come March. And of course, John gets to sit at press row uh, to enjoy UMass Low as well as Merrimack College basketball. Uh, Sammy Sportface gives us Wake Forest football, gives us hope as we return home to Charlotte. Uh, Sammy and his son got to go to uh, Wake Forest, his alma mater, to see the game. Uh, he talks about uh, what a season Wake Forest football has had. Uh, Reneal Pulley covering Alabama State Hornet football for us all year gives us the finale. Alabama State blows out Tuskegee in Turkey Day Classic, 43-9. Of course, Chris Lacey gives us the MLB Weekly Digest, Tampa Bay Rays signed shortstop, Wanda Franco to mega extension. And we've got a whole lot more to talk about here on In the Batters, part of the NGSC Sports Network, of course, where we never stop. The gentlemen are here right now. Of course, we're going to start with the youngster, the kid, the minor, one who really shouldn't be here, but we're going to let the kid hang out with us, former Major League Baseball player, more importantly, our God-given dear friend and co-host in the batter's box, Jimmy Driscoll. Jimmy, welcome back. Hey, great to be back. Uh, we've got a lot of in the batter's box. That's the name of the show tonight. we got a lot of baseball to get to, so I'm... Uh geared up and ready to go. Of course, he is the host of the Enhanced Sports Show, Saturdays 5 to 7 p.m. If you would like to join him in the harem, uh, you might want to start calling in in the next 48 hours or so. That way you can uh, at least be on the waiting list to get in. That, of course, would be uh, Mr. Louis Tenor. Louis! Oh. Louie, 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 Louie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, a, that's an oldie but goodie. I know. Uh, I and of know. course, from the Windy City, a brand new father. <laughs> brand new father. Finding out what it's like to get up in the middle of the night to put in work, <laughs> to give his heart and soul to what he could created uh alejandro's facing fastballs curveballs sliders <laughs> and change-ups all from a all from a kid who was just born of course our other co-host alejandro vargas que pasa brothers how are you evening and the man who helps me steer the ship of course my great friend co-host 
Corinne Bausbach, partner at NGSC Sports, Mr. John Doucet. John, as um, Ed Sullivan used to say, we've got a really big show. Thanksgiving should be like this all the time for MLB. Well, yeah. <laughs> so in case you've been playing the part of Van Winkle, for the last four days or so. And if you have, oh man, it was a wrong time to go to sleep. I told John, I told John before we started, John and I were prepping in the studio. Uh, I, I, last night I slept, you know, kind of like, kind of positioned myself in between landmines. And I woke up and it was just blowing up all around me. <laughs> and Obviously, behind me, if you can't tell what's behind me, then you have been playing the part of Rip Van Winkle. Uh, I told Alejandro before we went on the other guys. So I'm watching what my New York Mets have done. And I'm working here, you know, just steady working. I kind of look over to the computer and look over again. Huh? Three years, $130 million for the man they call. Mad Max, my New York Mets, the New York Mets of Major League Baseball, the New York Metropolitans, uh, decided no Stephen Mats. Oh, Stephen Mats decided no Mets. Mets decided no Noah Syndergaard. Just a couple of weeks ago, a lot of questions, what's going on with the Mets. Uh, in 48 hours, there have been a lot of answers uh, to what's going on. John, you and I were speaking, uh, and we've all been speaking here about, we're going to talk about all these deals. But John and I were talking, and John, you know, you asked a good question. Why not pay Noah Syndergaard? Why didn't L.A. offer, match the offer? Why did Syndergaard and his wife, I mean, excuse me, why did Scherzer and his wife choose the Mets? So many questions, but we also talked about, and I'm going to get everybody's opinion on this, take, the take on this going around. Uh, if uh, the Mets one-two punch of pitchers is healthy, you're looking at DeGrom and Scherzer mm -hmm. to start your rotation every five days. John, there isn't a baseball team in Major League Baseball wouldn't want to say that. Not only that, but there isn't a fan base that wouldn't want to go see it. Yeah. I mean, think of what you'd be watching here. DeGrom and then Scherzer back-to-back -back on the day-night, days, nights, however the schedule works out. The Mets have just landed a very big blow here to uh, not only the rest of baseball, but to the rest of the uh, National League Eastern Division. Obviously, the questions are going to be keeping these two guys healthy. And that's going to become a, a gigantic priority here for the Mets going forward. But imagine if they can get 30 starts from Scherzer and from DeGrom, what that could potentially do to that team uh, as next spring becomes next summer and the whole thing unfolds. Um, the Mets have had a problem scoring runs, true, the last couple of years. They've done some work with that. Certainly adding Sterling Marte to that, uh, to that mix certainly helps with, with the offensive side of that game. But uh, Scherzer and DeGrom together, my God, that's, that's as lethal as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. 
probably, yeah, probably the best one to punch in the major leagues. Yeah, and, then, yeah, and Alejandro, going, going to you, you also added the fact that, well, what happens with Michael Conforto? You add Sterling Marte, the best freezing center fielder out there. Again, the fact that you get Scherzer is just unimaginable because we talked, we talked all year. So what happens with Scherzer? Where is he going to go? Is he going to stay with LA? Blah, blah, blah. Never once did any of us, I don't have to look, I know, never once did any of us say the New York Mets. But, you know, also talking through the season that, you know, especially at the end, but speaking of free agency, Sterling Marte, the best center fielder in free agency, they land him first. I mean, yes. a complete change to this Met team, this Met lineup, this Met pitching rotation, this Met organization, the family. Just like that, Alejandro, a, a huge turnaround. I love that they configure the, the whole lineup uh, besides Scherzer and, 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 and the Grom, uh, you know, that, that part of the rotation. I like the, the way they do the, the lefty and, and righty now because you also getting Cano back. Uh, and then you get hopefully Lindor is, is, is you know, have a, a year of, of Lindor, maybe 2017, 2018, where he was really uh, one of the best shortstops ever. Uh, so you got, I mean, Marcana is a guy that's very reliable. You hit him uh, uh, in the bottom of the lineup there. Uh, and then you, you I like that, that, that sandwich in uh, 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 format of, of lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. It's, it's just really uncomfortable for the opposition to face a, a team like that. Uh, I, I, very smart, very smart moves. I, I mean, every, everything, every piece that they added was super smart. You were asking about the uh, rotation, so I decided let me check. You know what you were saying. So you've got Degrom, Scherzer, you've got Carrasco, you've got Walker, and David Peterson uh, for your rotation. Uh, and I have the feeling that they will add more from. I was, you know, I was they, they, they already banking on winning, so you have to add those pieces. You know, that I was going to, I'm going to Jimmy. Jimmy, so all these additions, all these moves by the New York Mets, then you got to ask yourself, they, they can't, they can't be finished. I mean, you're going to go this far right now. This is how you're going to come out of the gate. You've got to figure there's more coming. We got to remember just as, as short as a month ago, uh, the Mets were in a quandary. They couldn't get a general manager. They were, all the big names were turning them down. Uh, they were, they didn't know what they were doing. Okay, now they signed this general manager who has experience, not great experience, but general manager experience nonetheless. And the owner comes to him and says, here's my checkbook. Go get some players. Well, money talks. And words walk. So mm. he gave him his checkbook, say, go get me some players. And he certainly is, and he's not done yet. No, and I, Louis, you're right, Alejandro. Uh, I feel Louis like also they, they're going to have to revamp a little bit of the bullpen. Uh, in the next couple of days, you're going to see a lot of a couple of moves to revamp that and not maybe a, another starter. Uh, they lost Aaron Loop, uh, which was a very uh, reliable left-handed uh, reliever this year so that's I mean he went to Anaheim I think and and that's a hole that they need to fill in with with somebody reliable 
Yeah. And, and, and Louis, you know, you, you're going to look at the New York Post, the New York Times, the New York oh. Daily News, and the sports pages right now are going to be dominated by the New York Mets. These are just huge moves, and it's got to be a big buzz in the New York, New Jersey oh, area. So there's going to be, there's gonna be over, the next, over the next few days. And as Jimmy said, you know, a few days ago, they weren't even sure whether Jack Sherrill Manager was going to be, and now we have that, and now all these uh, – Moves are, are making, you know, after the demise of uh, Matt's, right? So they had to, so they went out and shopped, and they got, and they got the best bargain. They got the best bargain they got. That's all I can tell you. And what a bargain it is. Poor, poor Joe Sherman, the the writer for the New York Post. He's going to be busy tomorrow. Uh, you think so? Very busy. Canovac. And what happened, John? Why bring Cano back? Why even oh, he's do under it? contract. I mean, so what, why it, even do it? Why not just kick him to the curb and find a better second baseman? They, are, they have McNeil. That's a guy that can move around. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I with see, you there. But. I see no reason to bring Robinson Cano back. And I agree. Mistake, big mistake. I agree. I agree. I, 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 I feel that ship has sailed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he doesn't fit no, in this no. this configuration at all. No. no, the question is, is of course, then then who, then who? But well, all right, fine. If you're going to spend all this money that you've already just spent, and willingly do it, then why not just spend more and bring Javi Baez back and say second base? Sure. Good answer, John. Good answer. Look, look, look at what Brian Baez. Look what Baez brought to you. Look, look yes, what he exactly. did. Exactly. Yeah. It was incredible I mean, that part of, of yeah. the season. He earned he earned that spot. So that would be that's what I was looking for, John. Exactly. Baez earned that spot with his play. Give it to him. Run with the kid. And uh, yeah. Tell I wonder. Know. I wonder where he's gonna end up. I, I, mean, I heard you know some some uh, uh, you know. News about Detroit trying to add Javi Baez, uh, maybe the White Sox too, uh, to play second base and move in uh, Lura Garcia to right field permanently. Uh, Think of strength up the middle. If yeah. the Mets were to bring Baez back. He's a gold lover to me. You have Lindor and you have Marte in center field. Oh, that, yeah. middle, that middle of the field is a lock. Yeah. <laughs> and, And they got James McCann catching, so that's right. he's a good catcher. Exactly. Stop it. Stop it. You got to have my hair standing up here. Stop it. Uh, the I Texas Rangers. Make the move. Make the move. Make the move. Yeah, yeah make the move. I, I like the, the other addition that they had, uh, uh, Eduardo Escobar. I like him, too. Uh, he's a guy that could fly under the radar and hit you, you know, 25 homers. Uh With a decent amount of RBI, so and play good defense because he he could play everywhere too. I mean, if you're Pete Alonso, what are you thinking right now? Oh, <laughs> uh, 150 RBIs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Look what look what I have to play with. Thank you for the thank you for the new toys. Uh, Speaking of spending money, uh, Jimmy, the Texas Rangers decided that they would uh, spend some money. Marcus Simeon, <laughs> uh, 
Corey Seager, as you announced, Corey Seager agrees to a 10-year contract. The only question is, is I wonder what, you know, what's the mindset in Texas? Uh, they still have so they still have so much to do, you know, Jimmy. You know, they those two signings there, and and John was right. Up the middle, if you're strong up the middle, you got a good chance. If you're not, if you're weak up the middle, you know, Katie bar the door. If you're strong up the middle, which they are now, they got uh, Seager and they got the uh, Marcus at second base. Um, I'm not too familiar with, you know, who's in center field for the for Texas, but they're all they've been in the hunt for the, for a while now. So adding those two guys, those are those are quality guys. They just signed quality. Especially Seager. I mean, he's hit everywhere he's gone. He's been injury prone the last couple of years, but uh, it looks like he bounced back pretty good this year with the Dodgers second half. So uh, I don't think they're done yet either, the Rangers. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I, they added, they also added Jonathan Gray from the Rockies, which had a, a really good season. Uh, and on top of that, they have a, a re really solid uh, uh, farm system that they've been building up uh, for years now. Since they've been so bad the last couple of you know years, they've been hoarding up prospects, and you know you better watch it for them. I think I think all those teams in the West, Anaheim, uh, Seattle, Seattle making a lot of moves. We could talk about that later. Uh, they taking advantage of Oakland's failures. Uh, Oakland is is having a tough time, uh, and they're going to have a tough time keeping the, the talent in there. Well, you're having a tough time because you don't know where you're going to play. Right. That's the first thing. Yeah, that's the first thing. Yeah. Hey, Louis. That's, that's by the way, is going to be a show for, for a future time. We're going to really delve into that situation and oh, sure. try to understand right. what sure they're are. trying to pull off here because uh, it appears that at the moment they're on the outside looking in. There's no question. Sure. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm a general manager that's trying to win now, that's the first uh, uh, number I have in my Rolodex right now. I would like to have a, a guy like Chris Bassett, uh, Trevino, uh, guys like that, Matt Olson, uh, Chapman. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, th those are guys that, that they're going to make available soon because they don't know what direction they're heading. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Go ahead and post. Manaya, Sean Manaya too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And now that your management has left, you would think the floodgates have opened. Now, <clears throat> Louis, uh, Sager and Simeon uh, were two of the targets mm -hmm. of the and they're they're looking. One of the things they're looking for is a shortstop now. Yes. So, and we talked before the show that. It's really quiet there in the Bronx, so. I've noticed. Yeah, it has it has been quiet, and like you were saying in the in the pregame, that it is scary. I mean, it's not like it's not like the Yankees to to stay quiet, you know, in the um in the midst of the offseason here. But I got a feeling that they're gonna try and make some move between now and the, before the uh, Dylan hits on uh, Wednesday. I wouldn't I wouldn't count out yet. I think they're gonna make some kind of last minute move here. If I know the Yankees, they're going to try to do something. I mean, the Yankees, if you look at, at it on paper, uh, okay, they have, you know, 
Glaber Torres in, in short, which is going to be the, the projected guy there. Uh, he's very he's very good. Uh, he's had a tough season, but uh, one guy that I wanted the Yankees to give a shot was Andrew Velasquez, uh, and they just release him uh, or or put him on waivers on how he got him to. Uh, that's a kid with a lot of heart. Uh, and you just can't let talent like that walk away. It's, you might be paying for that later on. You wonder if the Yankees are waiting for the dust to settle, see what's left, and then decide what to well, do. Well, at, at this point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of contracts, huge contracts. Sure. And, yeah, I mean, probably second largest payroll. Or I don't know how that looks now with the Mets adding all these pieces and the Dodgers. You know, that's the other thing about what the Mets did. They apparently don't seem to care about the luxury tax. No. And no. by the way, neither does the Texas Rangers. They don't seem no. to care either. So if the luxury tax has become that much of a non-issue, then why even have it out there? Why have it? But I think I think the contracts of Seager, uh, Samian, and 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 Jonathan Gray they kind of equal maybe 70 percent of the of the whole Texas Ranger thing, because uh, the rest of them are super controllable guys. Like they still on uh, on their arbitration, you know, before arbitration years and stuff like that. So you could really add pieces if you come to think of it. They they I'm I'm, I'm so I'll be surprised if they over a hundred million right now, even with the additions of, of Simeon and, 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 and Seager and, and Jonathan Gray per year. And the other one that blows my mind is the Tampa Bay Rays deciding yes. to do what they did with Franco. Granted, a great player and certainly was a key reason why they won a hundred. Exactly where I was going. Exactly where I was going. Yeah. But why would the Tampa Bay Rays of all teams throw a $200 million contract at somebody and say, stay here. Yeah. And the weird thing is like, he still got like two more years before he hits arbitration. So that's even more weird. Uh, they got what they, you could, you could claim that they bought the, the arbitration years, this and yes. that, but you still got plenty of time to deal with that. I think you should, they should have waited at least two more years, see how, what, what type of talent the kid is. Because you can't, I mean, the guy play what, 70 games? I mean, that's a lot. That's so, that's, I mean, a lot that's of a money big reach. A lot of money for 70 uh, games. By the way, a breaking, breaking news uh, MLB is reaching an agreement with uh, Jimmy Driscoll to sign, <laughs> to count, count money, the money of uh, Scherzer's money. I think they're working with Jimmy to uh, count Simeon and Seeger's money. And Franco's money. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Jimmy Driscoll. Thank you. On a great time. And always remember the always remember the first count is the right count. And I'll be so counting let's, first. Let's, let's look at the Toronto Blue Jays for a moment. Yes. 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 I wanted to go there. Go ahead. You lose Marcus Simeon. Is that because of the um, the trade-off between the value of American money? as folks do the Canadian equivalent. I feel the, the situation with Simeon, uh, <laughs> I think they, they, they still believe uh, the, the Cave and Biggio 
still the man that plays second base. I, I will think that's the reason. Uh, one of the craziest things that they do, they, they did, was, okay, they offer Kevin Gossman the same amount of money that uh, uh, the Seattle Mariners offer Robbie Ray. Uh, that's kind of strange because I'd rather have a Robbie Ray, especially in the, in the, in the American League East where you got, you know, besides the Yankees, like there's, you, there's a lot of left-handed bats. Uh, why would you do that? So like five million different win team did they just lose? What happened, John? How much of a 90 win team did they just lose? I don't understand the question, but in other words, Robbie Ray was your best starter. Yes. Wins young. Okay. Moves on. He, he took advantage of what he won. Moves on. Uh, but but John, let me let me tell you something. Uh, they signed Kevin Gossman before uh, uh, Ray signed with the with the thing, so the negotiation could have been done a lot better. And now you lose Simeon to go along with it. Now even now, hopefully, if Biggio, if they're correct with Biggio, you still have an, a strength up the middle that's going to work. But if they're wrong about Biggio, they just lost a hell of a lot here. Exactly. Overnight. Just like that. By the way, Adam Reggie asked uh, how to participate. Hopefully, Adam is ready to actually participate. I sent him the link if he wants to join us. He did say Texas Rangers did not learn lessons from signing to A-Rod, long-term contract. Mm. Who's going to bail them out this time? Remember, they also have a new stadium, so they're trying to draw people in. So if there's a factor involved in here, might be that one. Well, Texas is a football state. We all know this. Sure. Always has been, always will be. And right. so I think if you are the Texas Rangers and you're trying to draw interest, you're going to do this. You're going to overpay for a Corey Seager because you need that name in your organization to put people in the seats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, here, here's, here's the thing. We, we've got all these signs, right? <laughs> And, and, and the one thing that John and I were, was just blown away about was we got a CBA that's expiring, or at least <laughs> we were under the impression that it is expiring. And all of a sudden, all this money is being spent. And here's what you know about baseball. If you got a CBA expiring, why are owners going to spend money? They're not. They're not. I mean especially after the money that was lost due to COVID. I mean, you can, you can call them as rich as you want to call them. They still lost money. You're in the business to make money. Oh, they still lost money. And John, I'm going to go to you because you and I were discussing this, you know. I, I cannot find, you know, we were talking about the possibility of, well, somebody knows something, they have they spoken yeah. in the background already? And then John brought up a great point that sounds insane, but does it really sound insane? Is it that the players of, and the players union is just caving and they don't want to fight? John, make sense of this. Look, the Major League Baseball Players Union is easily one of the most powerful unions in this country, and it's been that way for quite some time. It's what Don Fear built. He, he built that kind of a union that really not only did it translate sports, but it really translated business in general. 
And they have always been willing to fight whenever the opportunity presented itself, as Jimmy knows, because he was a part of the union for, for a while himself. They've always been willing to fight whenever the opportunity presented itself. But it does appear over the last three, four days that with all this money that's being thrown around by the owners and willingly at that, that it's possible that the players have decided, you know what, we're willing to extend this agreement and just allow this gravy train to keep going and we can work on a, a deal later on. Jimmy, uh, I'm, I'm going to turn it to you, Jimmy, because we're not understanding here what could possibly be happening because all indications were the expiration of the CBA and with all this money being spent, that just kind of changes everything, at least the perception of it. Well, the way I look at it, there's no losers. The owners don't lose and the players don't lose. So there's no losers no matter what's going to happen. Everybody's a winner already. Look at the money floating around. The owners are saying, here, take this. The players are saying, well, thank you very much. And uh, so it's not like uh, the players are battling for more meal money, you know, like in my day, uh, you know, you were not sure there were meal money was like $20 a day meal money in the big leagues. I'm dating myself now. This is back in the seventies. The meal money now in the big leagues is, I think it's like $200 a day. You go on a 10 day road trip, you, you're grabbing $2,000 to eat on. You know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind getting paid two hundred dollars. So the nickel and the nickel and diming is over. I mean, that's we're way beyond that now. So yeah. there's no losers here. There's no and, and, bickering going on. No, there's not. And Louis, Louis, you made a big point. You know, you wanted to make sure that last week and and recently that we touched on this expiring CBA, Louis. And yes, I, I don't know now. D, D day is Wednesday or mm. it's still, you know, it still could be. I mean, they haven't really talked much about that before that. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to hold up for hope, but you, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Last well, what, what I feel, what I feel is if they head into, okay, they going to make an agreement for an extension, right? Why they, what they rush with the contracts now? Because this is four days, five, what? Uh, it's been a whole week full of action. But that's just it. Look what the action has done for Major League Baseball. Right. It has created all sorts of attention for them that at this time of the year, a Thanksgiving holiday, they wouldn't get they that attention. Get, they don't get They're on the front page everywhere. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. So everywhere. you've now gained this attention from, say, Wednesday. Thanksgiving Day for sure, but certainly since Wednesday. Why would you stop that by now turning around and saying, okay, when 1201 arrives on Wednesday, guess what we're going to do? We're going to lock you out. We don't care what we've just done, about the money we've just spent, who we've spent it on, how many years, blah, blah, blah. We don't care. We're still going to lock you out. What's the point? What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, it's super confusing, man. Jimmy, Jimmy, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to turn to a former baseball player, Jimmy, because, I mean, if anybody – Again, listen to what John just said, going back to what he said. You're spending all this money to then have a lockout Wednesday? It just doesn't. I mean, we, we got some pretty uh, sharp baseball minds on this show, and we're scratching our heads on, on what's going on with the uh, – especially with the lockout looming, you know? 
I mean, what are they? We'll have to wait and see. Let it unfold. I mean, it's it's coming up, so we'll just yeah, have to Don, let it unfold. Don, you bring up the other point of okay. So let's just say that there's been talks uh, between the players' association and the owners in the background. You know, they don't want to say anything. And you know, I would also add agents to that too, by the way. Agents yeah. to that, and they're loving you know all the headlines that they're getting. Uh, what is there to gain with a lockout? I mean, Everything I mean, you just gained over the Thanksgiving holiday, you lose on Wednesday. You lose. Yeah. You absolutely lose it. You have it's nothing just, to win if you go into. <clears throat> and, if there, and if there's an agreement in principle, so to speak, already done in the background, the fact that for the first time in my life, something that we've always been accustomed to, you know, when it's time for a lockout, it's time for a fight. I mean, these two, these two sides claw and scratch at each other for a living. That, that, that all of a sudden they decide, you know what, John said it best before the show, we just like the product we have on the field and, you know, we're going to go with what we have. That just doesn't sound like the Players Association on 100. It just no. doesn't sound like it. No. Uh, I think good sign of this, uh, I think uh, uh, Rob Manfred came up with this new thing about the playoff format now. So uh, if there's like kind of a, a light at the end of the tunnel, might be that because they the playoff format now is going to be like seven teams. Uh, that's what he proposed. So if it's leaking to the news, there's something going on that we don't know. Something's going on because it, it cannot be just, okay, you know, we're talking in the background and, you know, guys, you know what, you know, the, the owners say, you know, well, here, 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 and the players union and the agents are like, well, okay, no, <laughs> no, no, something, no, and that's why, right, something, Louis, is going on. I smell we're, seeing, we're seeing all these signings. We still got another 24 hours of, of possible signings. Then we've got Wednesday looming. Yes. So we have been blown away for what's happened over the course of the last five days or so. Uh, is this just a setup for what we're really going to be blown away by on Wednesday morning when we get up? I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. We're going to have to let it unfold. Yes, you're going to have to let it unfold. If they got something up their sleeve, it's still up their sleeve. And knowing them, they probably do have one sitting up their sleeve. Yeah. Never, who, never. Who, who's the party that has it up their sleeve? Is it the owners or is it the players? No, I think it's the owners. I think it's the owners. It's so confusing right now because you don't know. Like, let's say, like, all the players are now, like, rushing to, to think maybe the union is telling them, like, yeah, take any deal that, 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 that is up there because we have something. That's not, in my That's not what the union does. They don't do that. Right. That, no, no. Yeah, any deal <laughs> out there. They don't do that. Exactly. And, but it was great that you brought it up, Alejandro, because it prompted John, because I was going to say, this, again, that's why John and I are partners. We think the same. They don't do that. That's not the way the union works. Oh, no. that's the way the union works. That is that is what the mind-boggling part. It's it's like 
you don't know what direction neither the union or the, the, the owners are going. It's just so crazy. Is, is the underlining part to all this the agents, the agents themselves who have banded together and said, okay, fine, look, you have a pretty good financially structured product here. Uh, you know, Major League Baseball, maybe it's not gaining the kind of crowds in the ballpark or even television ratings that you're looking for, but it's still making billions of dollars globally, worldwide. So why destroy this? Is it the agents that have come to these guys and said, look, smarten up? Yep. Which, but, it, but that's... Go ahead, yeah, I called, I called Louis show on not last Saturday, the Saturday before, and we're talking about this very same thing. And I mentioned then <clears throat> that if greed doesn't enter into the picture, no matter if it's the owners or the players, if greed, greed, the, the love of money is the, is the uh, money's, money's not the, the basis of all evil. The love of money is the basis of all evil. Okay, so if neither side gets greedy, uh, it's going to be uh, smooth sailing right now to spring training. But again, two, two things. One, that's not the way this works. It's never worked this way. It has never worked this way. Look, it would be so refreshing. It would be so refreshing. Because by the way, guys, I should mention that I was going to make the announcement that this would be the last show of the year. But in light of the situation of what we're going through here and the decision of the CBA on Wednesday, we're going to have to have at least one more show before I take okay. myself a little break for the rest of the year. Because, you know, but again, going to what Jimmy said and John said, John was saying, well, maybe they decided the billions of dollars and the way things go and the money that's being generated. But it's never been that way. It's never been that way. So it's like there's an ace in the hole. Somebody's at something happened. Something's happening. And it's so exciting. Oh, Alejandro, please. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, Major League Baseball does, I mean, it's only, it, I mean, how can I put this? They get more revenue from other things like sponsors. So you get, you get pressure from them to get the game going. Uh, streaming services, uh, networks, <laughs> like you, uh, you, teams are getting money from everywhere. So you, you probably get a lot of pressure from, from those bodies. Uh, he would be my answer to that. ESPN has got the NHL and the NBA contracts. Mm -hmm. They're all set for spring. They don't need Major League Baseball until at least Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. Turner Sports, same deal. They've got the same deals. They mm -hmm. don't need Major League Baseball until Memorial Day weekend. Please. So if they're all set, they shouldn't care whether Major League Baseball decides to fight their brains out for, say, six to eight weeks and then come back around Memorial Day weekend. You got a point. But also, I think in, t in terms of streaming baseball, uh, Bally's a big player here. Uh, Bally Sports is a big player. Uh, and, and also, you got like teams that they own, they own thing, they own their own network. But uh, I think Bally Sport Midwest uh, actually gave St. Louis Cardinals like a billion for like 10 years. I don't know if, I mean, I wish uh, Giovanni was here. Uh, but there's a lot of money 
thrown around uh, to to uh, and, and it's not necessarily ESPN. Okay, so to go to Jimmy's point, which was the the greed theory, if there is that much money that's around through internet, through television deals, yada yada yada, mm-hmm. then the word greed should never enter the mix. Here you go. Yeah. What else could the player? What else could the players want? But it always does. See all that know, makes. We've never, we've never had, to, we've never reached this plateau before, as far as uh, dollar signs are concerned. So it might be plateauing out. What well, else? Could, what else do you want? Would be my question. Me, don't get me wrong. This would be, this would be a wonderful day yeah. if Wednesday we hear extended. All is good. The CBA has been extended. Everybody's happy. The players are getting their money. But look, Scherzer got $43 million. So somebody, somebody called Scherzer up and asked him if he's unhappy. I seriously doubt that. Okay? Yeah. And any of these guys, I ask Corey Seager, 10 years, $325 million. Ask him if he's unhappy. Ask any of these guys. Okay. Is it possible? You know, bringing <laughs> up the point of forget the networks because John made a great point about the networks, but just the monies, the revenues from elsewhere. You know, I, I don't know. And, and again, we're 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 going we're going in circles, and we keep winding up in the same place. Yes, confusion. Right, <laughs> the other way. Very confusing. It's confusing to the fans, but I'm pretty sure they know something that we don't know. <laughs> because let, let, let's go here. Us. Right, let's go here. So there's an extension, okay? This, the CBA is extended. The first question is why? Second question is what happened? Or the first question is what happened? The second question is why? Well, the why would be that the CBA is working for both sides. Mm-hmm. And they try to add more stuff. Hey, John, you've been watching baseball a long time. When has that ever happened? Never. Never. They try to add more goodies, maybe, with the extension. That's the only logical thing that I could come up with. I mean, we've all said the product has to improve for people to be willing to sit in front of a computer or a television set to watch the game. So if there's a commitment on both sides to improve the product then I could understand why the CBA potentially is going to be extended because why have a war if you're not going to improve the product that you're eventually going to see? Which would be a part of what they've been discussing in the background, obviously. Yeah. Because the one thing that we can agree on, how how do you lock the players out? But you spend all this money first. It, it just that, that's yeah. why no, would you why would you go outside? Why would you go outside in Boston on January 14th at 14 below zero in your swim trunks? Why? Well, they have they, they have a group that goes to it, does yes, that the L Street Brownies, the L Street yes. Brownies. Yes. Yeah, they go at uh, 20 <laughs> below and they're diving into the uh, the, the harbor, you know, for charity. <laughs> but anyway, here's what I'm saying. The owners, if the owners lock them out, it would be that things are just going too good for both sides now for either one of them to rear their ugly head. 
especially the owners. I mean, baseball is back really, as far as the fans are concerned and uh, they're back after all the peaks and valleys, the fans are finally back now to mm -hmm. punch them between the eyes again with a lockout. That'd be the worst thing you could ever happen for the owners. It'd be right down to exactly. back in the toilet. The owners want to get this thing solved as fast as they can. You know, they it. do want, they do want, uh, before you say it, John, I wanted to add, and because if the, if the owners lock out the players, basically the last five days, they've shot themselves in the perennial foot, right? They shot themselves <laughs> in both feet. Right. Both feet. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Amazing. It is yep. amazing. I, I'm, I'm, I just want to wake up and be Wednesday, right? Hey. I do think that as tomorrow plays itself out, the day itself plays itself out, you're going to hear whispers about what might or might not happen when midnight on December 1st arrives. And, you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So I, I think that, uh, I mean, if you're Rob Manford, you've got to be sitting there in New York saying, okay, the owners have, have thrown out the, um, whatever you want to call it, and, and the players have jumped on it. They, they've thrown out the line, the players have jumped on it, have grabbed it, and we've, we've got something going that all of a sudden has created this kind of attention. Now what we have to do is make sure that we don't screw this up. That's so what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Don't screw it up. Right. I, so I, got, a, I got a question for you guys, because you guys have been watching baseball for a long time. You think baseball could survive another stretch? Yes. 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 And bounce back? Yes. I mean, so, what absolutely. was the strategy? Because, I mean, they use, they use power yeah. to bring people back. But That's Baseball has tried a zillion ways to destroy themselves, and they've always found a way to come back. True. It, 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 I was going to say that, John. They couldn't destroy themselves if they tried. If, if that was the plan, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They just – people ask the same question, especially like in 94. They right. really, you know, oh, my God, whoa, this is – <laughs> Boy. That's a memory, and it was and it was a long gone memory, right? At, right what was that, Louis? A bad memory. Yeah, I agree. I, Nightmare. I don't. I, I never look at the metrics of of, of the mid nineties, but I'm pretty sure after the strike in '95, uh, when the season went on, uh, in terms of revenue. Uh, it was a little bit of a challenge for baseball. Sure, because the fans stayed away. I mean, they were angry. They stayed That's, away. That is the thing. That is the thing, John. But the they fans always will support after this. They, they've, they've angered and they, they've done their nonsense. They always come back. Right. That's why I brought up 94. That's why I brought up 94. Because the fans revolted. They, they had a big impact <clears throat> on that strike. Especially after... And the game was stuck. The game was played again. The fans said, "We're still going to strike." But now, <clears throat> after what we went through with COVID, and after COVID literally taking the fans away from the game, we, we reached we reached a crescendo where the fans were desperate, desperate to get back into the desperate to get back to these games, and 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 what a rebound! You know, one thing that does get to me, though. Here's what you're throwing out there that I think is kind of interesting. Are you suggesting that COVID has saved this agreement? I was just, John, probably, you going, probably. You go, John, 
there you go again, read my mind, because here's where I was going. Remember, I mentioned earlier, like any sport, you're an owner. You're in this to make money. And, and you're not in this, though, well, I made this much money, that's enough. No, you're in this to make money and keep making money and more money and more money. The owners lost exactly. so much money. So yeah. much money because of COVID. And it's as if all of that is coming full circle and saving the game of baseball. Oh, why didn't it save the minor leagues? <sighs> now you're going, now you now you're hitting the sore spot. Now you're hitting the sore spot. That's good, John, because if there is no lockout and both sides are saying we're happy where we're at because money makes the world go round. We're happy where we're at financially. Then yes. Then why is it that minor league baseball had to suffer them? Because a, a court, if you, if you use that right there, they shouldn't have been sacrificed. No, especially the lower levels. No, there was no reason to. Wow. Yeah. They should have treated minor leagues like no. If, if in case something goes wrong at, at the major league level, at least you have some some type of entertainment there. People will watch. Uh, yeah. I mean, for instance, uh, in the area, the Staten Island team uh, has decided that they're going to be a part of the Atlantic League. They've become another former New York Penn League team that's now decided to join the independent ranks and play in the Atlantic League. There was no reason for Major League Baseball to destroy the New York Penn League. None. What is Ralph doing? I'm getting my other dog in the room. Mike, let's go. Ah. I realized <laughs> I just realized I locked out my other dog. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be... Hey, by the way, uh, I have a question for you guys. Yes. Do we go on the air next Monday? Yeah, we should. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh. Or do we or do we have a special Wednesday night? Uh, uh, uh this Wednesday? I doubt it. I can't. I work okay. at night. I, I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I wanted I to think, ask. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm saying keep the same schedule at, uh, on Monday. That'll give uh, yeah. three or four days to uh, let the let dust settle. Yeah, let it all. We'll have, a, we'll have we'll have a better uh, uh, talking points to to uh, to go at, you know. Well, look, we, we, you know, we're we're coming to the end of this incredible segment. It, there's a lot of questions, you know. One of the other things that John and I were talking about, we were talking about Max Scherzer. You know, I was reading that uh, the Cohen <laughs> the Cohen's got directly involved yeah. with Scherzer, Scherzer's wife. And you know, really pitched a, a, a what did they pitch? What they pitched was the city. Hey, John, we watched that video. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and finish the segment by playing that video that John and I watched. That's fine. Uh, but I think what they pitched to his wife was the city, but he's been to New York. Exactly. Right. You know what, John? Forget playing the video. We could talk about it. One of the parts of the video that really touched me was Scherzer's dominance in the east true you know and how much how much you know even if just a little bit that could have played into it 
where he knows, you know, like they said, except for the Braves, where he's like 10 and 9 against the Braves, he basically owns everybody else in the National League East. But he, oh, <coughs> excuse me, he owned the West last spring. Last right. Spring. Yeah. More questions. He owns everything. I mean, the guy is, a, is an incredible talent. I mean, you can't really say anything bad about Max Scherzer. He's stud. I understand that, but what if you are Max Scherzer? What is it about Los Angeles that you didn't like? They didn't have a good, they didn't have a good bagel shop out there, obviously. <laughs> because they didn't match it. They didn't match it. The shirts, the shirts that tell them don't bother to match it. So. The traffic in LA is pretty hectic. So yeah. New York. <laughs> New York, Boston, New Jersey are pretty bad too, Alejandro. So, oh, but at least you get the train. Yeah, yeah. In know. LA, you have to drive. That's true. A lot of questions, guys. Did a lot you hate of questions. The fan base out there? Was the fan base not into it enough for him? Let me tell you something. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, but I don't. I don't think much about the Dodgers fan base. And and my apologies to Dodgers, uh, you know, the traditional fan and the, the fan that been following the Dodgers for a long time. But this new breed of, of, of fans uh, in L.A. is just uh, annoying as it gets. Now, if you're Clayton Kershaw, do you now finish your career as a Dodger? Hmm? You almost have to. You almost have to. Yes. Again. But had Shures had gone back, would that have happened? Hmm. Not sure, because I, I don't know if they're trying to stay away from the luxury tax. I mean, they already exceeded that, but the more you add, the more you have to pay. I, I, just, I mean, look, it's the only place that Kershaw has ever been. So I'm sure that he would have been very much interested in, in finishing his career where it started. But had Scherzer gone back, in all likelihood, Kershaw has to find a new address. Probably. I mean, I've heard things uh, that he might he might wanted to go to Texas. This is from there. Uh, but if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, Kershaw right now, yeah, I should I should stay in LA. I mean, he, he the culture loves him. Uh, he loves the place. He loves the team. He, I'm pretty sure he appreciates playing with a, with a with a young core of, a, of a pitching that they have. Uh, the lineup is going to give him plenty of run support just in case. Why not? Why would I try to? experiment somewhere else i agree with that a lot of questions man a lot of questions man. he's not getting any younger so you're gonna see yeah. the era going up a little so you're gonna need well, kind of a run support thing about max uh true but there's <coughs> pure power i mean he's he hasn't missed a bit like he's, he's always been consistent with 90 right. mid 90s uh, Kershaw, Kershaw, you could tell, like, you know, he relies a lot on, 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 on breaking ball and off speed. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a different player. If I want to compare Scherzer, I compare it to a guy like Verlander. That's durable, throws, yeah. throws gas. Well, I'm not comparing Scherzer and Kershaw here. I'm just looking at this from a loyalty point of view. Hmm. I, I say he could stay in L.A. The moral thing to do is for him to stay there. But I wonder if the Dodgers have even talked to him. Who knows, John? Uh, you have, you, at least you have to throw, uh, I mean, a qualifying offer for a guy like that. 
And I don't know whether we took the qualifying offer or not, which would have been $18.4 million. Exactly. Which would have been less than what he's been making. Uh, quick question, John. Uh, the last day to, for the qualifying offer, it is December 1st, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if he declined or I don't have my phone now, but I wonder if he declined. I, I can't see him except in 18 <laughs> No, I mean, look at the money. Look at the money these pitchers are making. Yeah. Yeah. And also, wherever he lands, if he doesn't land in LA, uh, you you also get in a marquee player. Second. Uh, uh, so let's go back to the fan base for a second. Would the Dodger fan base be that angry if they see Kershaw in another uniform? Will they? Oh yeah. Probably. Oh, There'll be riots. I would think so. Uh, I would. Because you're a traitor. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Like you go for another. <laughs> Imagine him with the Yankees, huh? Well, they they you know, both that... in New York, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. nah, stop it. Don't talk about me. <laughs> I mean, what if Kershaw showed up in an angel uniform? That'd uh -oh. be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Syndergaard didn't have no problem with that $21 million, did he? No. Nope. By the way, that was the other thing that John had brought up. You know, so why not Why not pay Syndergaard and pay Scherzer at 37? Because most of you guys may have thought I was, you know, wow, wow, wow. You know, my thing is, first of all, I'm not crazy about these contracts. Second of all, Scherzer's 37. You know, he's got the opt-out now after two years. So I'm asking for those two years. Will he be healthy for those two years? What did the New York Mets know or think they know about Syndergaard that made them give Scherzer the money and not Syndergaard? Syndergaard was offered a qualifying offer. And he uh, said no. The Mets really, yeah, and he declined. And that's what, that's what, uh, that's why the Angels added the, the three more millions to that. But if Syndergaard knew what was coming down the pipe, do you think he still would have said no? Good question. That's a good question. <laughs> if I'm going to give 130 million to one of these two guys, <laughs> I'm going to give Mad <laughs> Max all day. I'm going to give it to him all day. True. I mean, so, you can't uh, you can't compare uh, Syndergaard to uh, uh, Scherzer because it's two no, different just, scenarios. No, no, it, I know, I know what you're saying, but uh, it wouldn't also, have made sense for for Syndergaard to say, "Okay, I'll do this for a year." Fine, I'll, I'll pitch with the Grom. And if you're bringing Scherzer here, yeah, sure, I'll stay. What am I going to Anaheim for? Now, now I get your point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't go to Anaheim. There it is right there. Anaheim, of all places? Nope. That's the first thing I thought of. I, I, I wasn't confident about Syndergaard staying with the Mets, but Anaheim. Yeah, when the, when the Mets get rid of him, uh, they didn't have the general manager in place. They didn't have the blank checkbook already to go. So yeah. they were they they weren't thinking of Scherzer then. Yeah. Until long after the, uh, the other guy went to the Angels. So everything uh, worked out just fine. They and what about and what about Stephen Matz? Why just dump him to the curb and say no to him as well? Yeah. yeah. Maybe but I then, mean the, the Matz situation is a little tricky, right? Because Matt is just like he has some horrible years with the Mets. Let's not, you know, forget about that. He had horrible years with the Mets. Maybe the pitching coach 
it wasn't the guy that, that, that he wanted. Now he got a chance to work with Mike Maddox, which is probably one of the best pitching coaches in, 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 in baseball. Uh, playing with good defense in St. Louis, not that, not that the defense in the Mets uh, wouldn't be just as good, but St. Louis have like five gold gloves. It shouldn't have been six. Uh, so you get that. And, 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 and working with Maddox is probably an honor for any pitcher. Uh, so you have to measure, you know, part, in, part A and part B. Part B is not offering this, then I go with part A. Okay, so well, the final question that, that Ralph and I were throwing out there was, what now do the, do, do the defending champions do? Yeah, uh, the Braves? Oh, yeah. definitely. They, they have to keep uh, find a way to keep Freddie Freeman. Uh, you you take Freddie Freeman out of that lineup and and, and LA, I, I think LA is going to go after him. <laughs> go after uh, the doctors. Potentially, but I think LA said with uh, Muncie there. I don't know. I, I maybe with the DH now things change a little. Uh, you could have you have to factor that in. But, but the Braves uh, have to do something. We we understand they, they have to do they something. They have to. They can't sit on their hands, especially awesome. with a guy that's 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 your clubhouse leader. That's that's your franchise. You just you just can't Stop waste playing. an opportunity like that. Uh, and All I'm right. pretty sure Freddie will take. Uh, I mean, a decent discount to stay in there. Yeah, this is in the batter's box. It is the NDSC Sports Weekly Baseball Show. I am your host, Ralph Garcia, along with my co-host. John Doucette, Alejandro Vargas, The Sports Show, Louis Tenor, and of course, Mr. Jimmy Driscoll. Uh, it's been a great first hour. It's been a crazy first hour. It's uh-huh. been a shoulda, coulda, woulda first hour. It's been a first hour of going in circles one way, going the <laughs> other way in circle, and still winding up in the same it's spot. the same middle. <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't know what's going on. Uh, all of us would like to be Rip Van Winkle tonight when we go to bed and not wake up until, say, 12.01 a.m. Wednesday. But Tuesday's coming, so we have to deal with Tuesday. The thing is, what is Tuesday going to bring in Major League Baseball? Are we going to get some more big moves? Well... We'll go to bed real soon and we'll find out. In the meantime, as always, please remember the website. It is ngscsports.com where you catch all of your current content. Of course, as always, check out our shows. Uh, so much going on, John and I getting ready uh, for bowl season coming up as uh, NGSC Sports uh, looks to make its way back into the press boxes of bowl games as we could not do that last year. and couldn't do anything last year. Uh, we are now going to finish the show with the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, they have, Jimmy, I want to start with you. They have what's the 2022 Golden Days Era Committee ballot. Jimmy, they got, they got names like this. I got my three already picked out. Ken Boyer, Dick Allen, Minnie Minosa, Billy Pierce, Jim <laughs> K, Tony Oliva, Gil Hodges, Roger Maris, Maury Wills, and Danny Murtaugh. Talk to me, Jimmy. I'm liking Jimmy Kitty Cat. Oh, he has to go in. 
He's yes. got to go in. Come on. Jim Cott, number one for that group. Uh, yeah, number two, one. number two. There's been a there's been a drive for this guy to get in for ever since I can remember the last at least four or five years. <clears throat> there's a Facebook page, two or three Facebook pages for Gil Hodges, yes. another guy, Gil Hodges, and another guy that was terrific. I looked up his stats today. He was very very good. Plus, he swung a forty ounce bat like it was a toothpick. Dick, Dick Allen. Allen. Dick yeah. Allen, he made a difference to, uh, he was an impact player for most of his career and put up some pretty good numbers. So those three, Kitty Cott, Gil Hodges, and Dick Allen for my three. I would be very happy if they just put Jim Cott in. Yes, yeah. Jim Cott deserves that. Yeah. I think he's, he's, if for those guys, um, Cat, Maury Willis, because he changed the game too. Uh, with a running and and Maris or or Dick Allen for sure. Forty ounce bat, huh, Jimmy? Forty swing like it was a toothpick. <laughs> How many gold gloves does Jim Cut have as a pitcher? Uh, over ten, maybe. Hold it is on. over ten. Plus, he had two hundred two hundred eighty five, two hundred ninety wins for Grano. Two eighty eight, I think it is. And yeah, I think he got three thousand uh, strikeouts. Yeah. How by is he not in there? Is my moment to me. By, by the way, sixteen gold gloves. Gold gloves. Huh. I'll put him in, or he's due. Put him in. Yes. Dude. And Dude. he's a funny ass guy. Like whenever you watch a game and he's broadcasting. Yeah. Tremendous, man. Yeah, he really is, isn't he? So that's 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 interesting. And the early the uh, early baseball era committee ballot: Bill Dolan, Lefty O'Doo, Allen Reynolds, George Scales, Vic Harris, Dick Redding, Don Donaldson, Buck O'Neill, Bud Flower, and Grant Johnson. Buck O'Neill for sure. Yeah, Buck O'Neill. Put him in. Absolutely. You talk, you've been talking about him as a great. Uh, Contributor baseball. I mean, he keeps coming up as a real ambassador for the game. Put him in for crying out loud. What are you waiting for? There is nobody that has been a better ambassador for the game of baseball than Buck O'Neill. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, of course, then we go to the ballot itself. Uh, a couple of years ago, Kurt Schilling said, you know, screw you. <laughs> I, I don't want, I don't want to be on the ballot. Take me off. I don't. Uh, <laughs> he's full of crap. He wants he, to be on that. He's going in. I think, I think this in. is his ear. He's dying to get in. That's what I was going to say, Alejandro. 71% of the vote, I would say, the last time, I would, I would say that Kurt Schilling is going to get in. And I have a funny feeling. I don't know, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have a feeling that Schilling's not going to throw a press conference and say, I refuse to go to Cooperstown. No. No, I doubt that. No. Here's, here's the interesting thing. If he does get in, will the Red Sox allow him to do it at Fenway Park? <laughs> if he does get in, is he going to take the lady sock with him? Oh, oh. There you go. That's oh, already in there. The sock's already in there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they only missed the ankle. Yeah, the sock got, sock got an exemption. It's already okay. in there. It's already yeah. in there. <laughs> I had, I, had, uh, I had a joke with uh, with with Mike uh, Mike Rodriguez, right? Because uh, he was a uh, 
complaining about JD Martinez not playing with the with a sore ankle. And I'm like, man, man, these kids nowadays, they cry about anything because if you come to think about it, Chris Schilling pitched with a, a suture on, on his ankle and bloody suck, and he did pretty good, man. I'm not sure. I was there the night that he tried to explain how that ankle was put back together again. It was really gruesome. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, another guy that that I think from from that from that era should be in, and you guys already know this is Jeff Kent. Uh, you can't leave Jeff Kent now anymore. I mean, the guy for a second baseman, uh, he has his opinion. He's you know, he but likes something. He and, and, but does he jump forty percent better than forty percent? Yeah. No. See, that's the thing we have. The the problem we have here, Schilling is already there on the precipice of seventy five percent. Right, so Chilling should get in. After that, you've got guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Okay, that's it. I'm not even going to discuss these guys. Okay. I <coughs> Scott Rowland's in the in the hunt. I think Scott Rowland. I think Scott Rowland is a very interesting possibility. Exactly. And, and again, and again, that's where I'm going to. When you look at the history of uh, the Hall of Fame balloting. For a guy to jump 10% above his percentage of the previous year, that's like trying to hit 400. You're asking guys like Scott Rowland. Who's going to argue about Scott Rowland? I'm not. Who's going to argue about Omar Vizquel? We've been making that argument for years here. Okay. Although, although there's a little wrinkle there because of the domestic. Uh, I agree. There's a little wrinkle to that one, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But – but as a baseball player, we're not going to oh, argue that. No, 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 no. Probably the, the best defensive but, shortstop I've ever seen. But you're looking at 49% and 53% of the votes. Are these guys going to jump and get that much more of the vote to be able to get in this year? I mean, if you've seen who's, who became eligible this year, I mean, you got David Ortiz, which probably could be in there, probably could go – uh, you know, first time. Uh, what Alex Rodriguez is a guy that is not going anywhere. He's going to linger in there with Bonds and, and Clemens. Uh, uh, then the rest of the guy like Andrew Jones. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's just not – they borderline, but at the same time, I mean, how you put uh, an Andrew Jones and you leave uh, Adele Murphy how much, out. How much borderline is Tim Lincecum? Uh, not very low on borderline. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, he doesn't not, yeah. I, don't I mean, think the so. beginning of his career was much, much better than what. Oh, I'll give you that. I mean, he had a, a period, I, I mean, probably a, a, a like a five year period where he was very dominant, and then all of a sudden people caught up with his, his, his stuff, you know. Samson got his hair cut off, that's what happened. Hey. <laughs> Uh, okay. True. <laughs> funny, it's funny you say that. <laughs> funny you say that, Jimmy. When I was a kid, uh, I had an I had an afro so big it made the the Jackson <laughs> look look like they were bald headed, and I got in trouble with my dad giving me one of those good old fashioned whoopings, and and as and he's as he's giving me a beating, he pulls out a pair of scissors. He says, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do to you, Samson? You know what I'm going to do to you, Samson? <laughs> Samson. Don't, Christ, don't do it. 
my dad took those scissors and started running through my head. I, I, I thought I was going to die. It's like, mm. die. so. Well, you're all good. Okay, so right. how big of a class does this become for Cooper's Town in July? Well, first of all, does Big Poppy get in? Yes. yes. Probably. Probably. Okay, so he gets in and Schilling gets in. Yes. Roland <laughs> is the other guy, maybe. It's a big day for the Red Sox. Right. Now, <laughs> who else gets in? Maybe that's, all I, that's all I got. Roland? Well, I, I would like, like to see Kent, but... That's I like it. to see Roland. I like to see Kent Roland and Vizquel get in. But, but there's got also a big... Negro League uh, portion to this ballot as well. You got a guy who's going to make it? We can talk about the guys, and there are a couple of names on there. But you ask the question, how big is the class going to be? My answer is two. Oh, well, I think Tim Cott would get. I mean, if Tim Cott does not get in this time, there's something seriously wrong. So I would add him to that list. Please okay. do. Okay. So let let's let's give let's give it three. Yeah. And put in Maris. It's time. Yeah, put Maris in there too. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, it'd be nice. You mentioned Roger Maris. The world knows Roger Maris. Oh, yeah, but really put him in there for one year. I know, but so it was a, such a big year, you know. Is that a worthy consideration? No. no. Roger Maris is not Hall of Famer, too. No. Would I argue it? No. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Mm. I'd like to see Dale Murphy. I would, too. But, you know, Dale Murphy played on some awful Atlanta Bray teams. Sure. Uh, I like to see I like to, I like to see you, you could you, we could make the same case with Trout if he makes it to the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'd like to see Bud Harrelson in the Hall of Fame. That's not true. True. What about do, what about Dewey Evans for the Red Sox? Okay. He's got Hall true. of Fame numbers. <laughs> yes. yes, again, it's 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 this disparaging difference in numbers. You've got again Schilling at seventy-one percent. Then you've got Clemens and Vine. Forget these guys. Well, all right. Stop at Schilling for a second. The reason why Schilling's got seventy-one percent of of the the vote is not because of his regular season numbers. Oh no! Oh no! No, it was because of what he did in the postseason. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's just it. His body of work in the postseason is unlike so many. In, in, in our era of baseball, the guy was incredible in the postseason. And, and, and what is sports all about? In this case, what is baseball all about? You're winning championships, performing under the lights yes, yes. in October. And he and, carried the Phillies on his back to, to give them a shot at it before the Blue Jays finally got him. Yep. So... But I don't see it. If, if Jim Cott gets in, I think, you know, I wish I'd be better. I, I don't see it going past three. I don't see it going past three. I, I don't no, think Rowan. You have the steroids. Oh, God. You know, somebody ought to build a very small building, a really small one, and call it the Steroids Hall of Fame. Then you right. can go ahead and pick a couple of guys and. 
I never want to see these guys in my lifetime get into the Hall of Fame. And again, Barry Bonds is, 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 is to me the epitome of the example. A Hall of Famer, before, yes. you, before you stuck a needle in your ass, you were already a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer by the time he hit 30. Exactly. Didn't have to do anything. Didn't have to do anything except you were already one of the best baseball players on the planet. That 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 comes to tell you, man. Uh, just because you're a good player, you could be a real jackass, an, an idiot, an absolute idiot. I mean, an idiot. Okay. I mean, it was fun to watch Bonds. I I, I mean, uh, me growing up in that era, so <laughs> tremendous. Sosa, Maguire, Canseco, Bond. It was a show that we will never forget. But you think about those four names. Maguire, Sosa, Canseco, Bond. Only one of those was already a Hall of Famer. Already. The other, the other guys, it was just a home run show. It was just a home run show. So that Bonds got involved in this is just, and he deserves to pay for that. They all do. He deserves to pay for that. Also, you know, Rafael Palmero. I don't care. <coughs> Rafael Palmero has some crazy numbers, I man. Never. I have never, ever. I can't even spell steroids, he said. <laughs> yeah, right. They put it on the show. Uh, it was a show. We, we, we can never forget that. We can, we can never forget that. That, that was, it was what an incredible show. Night after night, it wasn't just home runs. These guys were hitting nuclear bombs yeah. every night. Man. It, it was. Yeah, I think one in my house actually. You, you is that what? I, yeah. Just, just some fun someday, and probably YouTube would be the place to do it. Oh yeah. Go back to the 1999 All Star Game and to the home and hitting contest and the first round that Mark McGuire was a part of, and the bombs that he hit shot after shot onto Lansdowne Street is just unbelievable. It's oh, McGuire unbelievable. was always a big boy. Yeah. And and his mechanics are really impeccable for a power hitter. And that, also his, his that night in recognition. He just went off. Oh, well, John. You would have had one have ever done before. Your wish is my command. This is incredible. If you show up from the beginning to the end, this is incredible. <laughs> I intend to do just that, my friend. Uh, this is uh anyone, a man who maybe this year will become the 16th ever to hit 500 home runs, 70 last year. Who's that? That's Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa was dark? On the railroad track, Vic McGuire can hit it there. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's my pick. <laughs> oh, Logan McGuire has returned to Fenway Park. He went on a ball. Wow. I just didn't want to take the obvious thing, you know. Does it stay fair? Give it the fifth wave. Where's Punch when you need him? He's down there. 
That is going to kill somebody in those boxes. <laughs> <up there. laughs> he's, got, he's got muscles. He's got muscles in his ears. That's good. <laughs> Did not uh, make it to the next round. Tim Flannery, one of the good guys. Pitching and third base coach of the Padres. One of the good guys in the game. Junior looking on, social looking on. Uh oh. First half of the first 436 game. I'm not even talking about the bombs he's hitting because it's ridiculous what he's doing. Well, you know what's amazing? McGuire, here we show that he's almost at 500. He's not two thirds of the way. The last three years, Joe. Not even two thirds to Hank Aaron. Man, I think uh, it, it could be a really joy to watch a, a, a another home run derby in Fenway, especially with right-handed hitters. The thing about that home run derby was the people that were out on Lansdowne Street with gloves trying to catch these balls that were coming over the over the screen. That's right. Right. How easily they're just going over that street. And that's the old version of Fenway Park. I mean, that doesn't have the monster seats. That's the old version. 470 feet. That's last true. Just have enough juice to find the net. That'll look like it. Well, there's plenty of juice there. <laughs> <laughs> Three outs left. Just three homers for McGuire. The most impressive three. Make it four. Yet. My favorite player. What do you think when he hits a bomb like that? It's just in this book. A home run off the sound, number one, is the most impressive thing. I think he goes on a roll. You can see he had the son Matt's name on his yeah. hat. Matt became famous last year along with his dad. Hey, what the hell happened to that kid? This pretty duck is every day and back time. That's the show he puts on. He's made batting practice in a bench. Yeah. A little higher. Just as handsome. <laughs> Look at those people out on Lansdowne Street. Look at that. That's incredible. Imagine, imagine COVID back then. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's in, the That's in the next block. <laughs> he gets on a roll here now. Yes, he does. Taking pitches now. He's really hot. Going good. This one's heading to the flag pole. See 
McGuire's 18 lifetime home runs in Fenway. For Rogue Parks, he's only hit more in Tiger Stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the guy only has water track power. What's the matter with him? What's wrong with him? Get away from him, man. He's getting small. <laughs> that old Tiger Stadium, John, huh? Yeah. Yes. The ball used to fly out of there. And the overhang helped, too. Ugh. <laughs> You know a guy that I, I would love to see hidden in a in a in a in, in, a, in that stadium, Josh Hamilton. <laughs> when he was healthy. Yeah, yeah. When Josh Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely amazing. It just it was it was a hell of a year. Right. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, well, we all know how that turned out, right? Yeah. So, gentlemen, uh, uh, we reached that point of the show. And, uh, I mean, if I go around asking for final thoughts, I'm thinking it's the same final thought. <laughs> well, yes. one thing we didn't we didn't pose was the fact that uh, today the Fenway Sports Group decided that uh, they're going to uh, get into the yeah. NHL and uh, they purchased the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. So wow. uh, now the owners of the Wet Sox now have. A baseball team, and now they've got a hockey team. Are they going to leave them in Pittsburgh? Yes, apparently they are going to leave them in Pittsburgh. They should buy the Pirates. Somebody needs to do something with the Pirates. My oh. God. They, they traded the only good thing uh, uh, that they got going for uh, Jacob Stolen, uh, that won the gold glove, got traded to the Marlins. Well, the, the problem with the Pirates is the fact that the fan base hates the owner, and probably for good reason. The yeah. owner's not going to give that team up because it's become quite a financial cash cow for him based on that ballpark. And yeah, so... He could, he could care less about winning. Right, he, he could, could care, care less. less about, care less about winning. Too bad. That is horrible. That's a, that's a nightmare. Because they do, they do. Like, whenever Pittsburgh is, is having good seasons, you could tell, like, the fans, they get excited. They... They flood into the gates of, of, of that stadium because it's a, to be honest with you, that park is the most beautiful park in, 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 in baseball, actually. I've what? never been there, but I want to. Uh, and, and it's just the, the aesthetics of it. It's just tremendous. It's something that, that anybody that loves baseball will love to go there one day. And they love to go to Bradenton, Florida to see them in the, in the spring. Yeah, hey. They love to go to Bradenton to see them in the spring, but nobody wants to go see Tampa Bay and Miami. No, I know. They Absolutely not. I think the, the Miami case is just Loria. The same, same, basically the same thing as Pittsburgh. Like people used to hate Jeffrey Loria for what he did when he won the, those two things, and then just dismantled the team. Hopefully, Jeter is heading to a better direction. Well, then, we'll end it here. Uh, it is Monday night, and uh, tomorrow Tuesday. You guys hear this? That's my son. He can't wait till Wednesday. He can't wait yeah. till Wednesday. We'll give, you good, we'll give you good news, son. Yeah, boy. 
Bobby, hurry up and tell me about the show. Tell me about the show. <laughs> so he gained like four pounds, man. He looks adorable now. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I just uh, had the pleasure of spending Thanksgiving with all four of my children and all nine of my grandchildren at the same time. Uh, it was pretty rough on the old man's body playing with my four little grandchildren, especially the smallest one. All she wants to do is play with Papa. And I, wow, I took a beating. I, I took a beating, but yeah. it's worth it, Alejandro. It's worth yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Worth it. I, I, hey, Alejandro, I, hey. Bet you I bet you you'll never put him on the trading block. No, never, never. never. It's going to be my the star center fielder. Some, some good go. team. Now, gentlemen, we've reached that point. We will wait till Wednesday. We'll discuss on social media what happens Wednesday, <laughs> why it happened. Let's see. And Jimmy, you were right, by the way. Yeah, let's let this play out because, you know, Wednesday will happen. It'll be extended. There'll be a lockout. Then there'll be the, the questions as to what, why, and who played a part in it. Yeah, we'll need we'll need a couple of days for all of that too. But I'm I'm curious, mm -hmm. curious number one to see what happens tomorrow. We, do we have more deals tomorrow? Yeah. You know, it does appear that the owners are trying to make up for the past two free agent classes that really didn't get anything. Uh -huh. And and two free agent classes, John that we knew were going to be a big hit. And yeah. they were both and they were both duds. Yeah. Duds. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, yeah. it, this one has definitely made up for it. <laughs> it definitely made up for those last two. So oh, yeah. we'll pay attention to that. I want to thank everybody for joining us this evening for Jimmy Driscoll, the sports show. Luis Tano, Alejandro Vargas, and John Doucette. I'm Ralph Garcia. Thank you for joining us on In the Batter's Box. We'll catch you next Monday. It'll be our final show of the year, I think. In closing, just want to say, have your seatbelts, guys, because it's going to be a bumpy 24 hours. You got that right. Have a good night, folks.